0: I'm Marianne Kolbasek-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today, I'm speaking with Ryan Witt, who is healthcare cybersecurity leader of security firm Proofpoint, about a recent study conducted with research firm, the Poneman Institute, examining the impact of ransomware and other cyber attacks on patient care and safety. So Ryan, for starters, just briefly describe for our audience what you examined in the research, what sorts of respondents participated in the survey, and when was it conducted?
1: It's a survey to understand the connection that may exist between a cyber event, how cybersecurity is impacting overall patient care. So we worked with Ponymon to put together this survey, uh, which took place for much of the last you know, six months or so, analyzing the research responses to a whole range of questions. I mean, Ponymon have a very strong track record of, of putting surveys like this together. So we really wanted to measure to what degree cybersecurity was impacting healthcare and if that impact was actually then making its way to um, the patient experience and the you know, the patient care sort of continuum. And what we found or what the survey I found is that two-thirds of healthcare organizations surveyed experienced disruption to patient care you know, as a result of cyber attacks. So that's in line with uh, what we found last year. Um, with the first year we we did this study with with Ponemon. So the day now we have kind of two years of data to pull from, but we are seeing similar sort of results that there is a a connection to if a cyber event happens within a a healthcare institution, there's a stronger probability that patient care will be disrupted in in, in some way.
0: So, compared with the inaugural study last year examining these same issues, what were some of the biggest changes you saw this year? and any surprises?
1: I guess not surprises per se. It's always interesting when you have you know two years of data to to reflect upon as opposed to one year of data. Uh, we have definitely seen a rise in cloud compromise or concerns around cloud compromise. And so that, again, not too surprising. Healthcare has been a little, little slower to adopt the cloud compared to other industries, but they are now certainly are embracing it. So the fact that those, those attacks are up or concerns about those attacks are up and not surprising. Uh, ransomware did not feature quite as significant as it did last year. Um we find that to be very topical oriented. So when ransomware, when a big ransomware event hits, it races to the top of everyone's sort of uh, uh, mind. And that becomes a, a massive sort of uh, consideration. Not that it ever goes away, but there hasn't been a noteworthy ransomware attack in recent time. or I don't think certainly during the time the survey occurred. Uh, probably the other thing that was interesting was that the vulnerability recognized from supply chain or imposter sort of style attacks on the on supply chain or business associates, that that number is as definitely has gone up as well. So it's the healthcare industry recognizing that there are some threats in that area.
0: So Ryan, you mentioned the cloud compromises uh, being among the top threats this year identified and then also supply chain, are those sort of linked together in any way? You know, the, the third party vendors the cloud vendors having incidents or, you know, software providers overall or what what sorts of things are they concerned about the respondents?
1: I think that there are, there there quite possibly are linked. I don't know that the survey really can say that categorically, but I don't think it's a surprise or a coincidence that um, those numbers are up. So for sure. I mean, healthcare has a very strong supply chain, uh, network. Um, many covered entities are wholly reliant on their vast number of business associates to go help them provide all forms of, of patient care, some that are directly involved in the patient care process, others that are enabling functions that support the broader institution. And it's no surprise as well that the threat actors understand that ecosystem more and more. I mean, they social engineer their techs more and more. They have an understanding of how the connection between the supply chain works within healthcare, and they try to exploit those relationships as best they possibly can, not forgetting, of course, that almost all cyber attacks have some sort of monetary aim to them. And this is, we you know we talked about a vendor supply chain relationship with a healthcare entity. It's not too hard to find the monetized monetizable activity or opportunity. So not surprised that those things are, are linked. And of course, more and more those institutions are relying on supply chain who are using, you know, the cloud. to to deliver their services or to invoice for their services or to have that sort of overall interaction. You know, those are often now occurring in the cloud, of course.
0: So when it comes to supply chain sorts of cyber attacks, are the worries around The physical uh, suppliers that are dependent upon for medications and, you know, bandages and that sort of thing where, you know, an attack on one of their main suppliers could have a direct impact eventually on these organizations that use these products? Or is it more of the sort of supply chain of uh, software companies and and other sort of tech companies that these organizations also depend upon? Or is it a little bit of both?
1: I think it's kind of all of the above. One of the things that we see at Proofpoint is to a threat actor or would-be cyber criminal, not every email address is created equally, right? They look for people within their organization who offer, in their eyes, more opportunity for a monetizable event. So if you're in the supply chain, for example, at a healthcare institution, whatever part of that supply chain you're supporting, what it probably means is you have to interact with a third-party supplier. It means you probably have to download invoices or download reports or other Forms or proposals, downloading a lot from from that supplier, that often means interacting with their cloud. It means clicking on links. It means downloading documents, and the threat actors do know that. They have worked out that there are people within the organization who who for no fault of their own, but just work in a more vulnerable way. And that vulnerability means that they are a higher target, higher propensity of target attacks come their way. So they don't make a, dis- a distinction, I should say, between whether you're directly involved in the supply chain that aids patient care, like supply of medication or bandages, as you indicated, or just more broadly, you're working with supply chain who's just providing vending services or janitorial services, whatever. I don't think they make that distinction. They all offer opportunity for for a monetizable event in the form of whatever, payment redirect or invoicing fraud or whatever.
0: So now I know that the study also closely examined patient safety as a major concern. And I understand that About 57% of respondents reported that cyber attacks led to poor patient outcomes due to delays in procedures and tests. 50% saw uh, an increase in medical procedure complications and 23% experienced increased patient mortality rates. Now, those numbers, I understand, were similar to last year's findings. So in terms of those responses, Were the respondents reporting that these examples of poor patient care resulted from actual attacks at their organizations, or were they reporting their perception of the impact that cyberattacks have on patient care overall?
1: Good question, and it's kind of hard to tell, because you are, for this survey, you are looking at somebody's perception, and therefore you don't necessarily know how their perception is formed, whether they are reflecting upon their actual institution quite possibly, or whether they are surveying the broader sort of landscape. So it's hard to know. I think the bigger takeaway here, and the one that I find very interesting is that there's a growing recognition that there is a connection between a porous cybersecurity posture or challenges in, in a cybersecurity environment and how that directly can impact patient care in the form of delayed procedures, longer stays at the institution, increased probability of someone being diverted to a different facility, increased complication of medical procedures, and most concerningly, an increase in mortality rate. You know, I'm looking for the silver lining here. To me, the silver lining is very much if healthcare can kind of see that connection more and more, that's more broadly accepted that's a great driver and a great motivator for the industry to pivot and make the necessary investments in the cybersecurity posture to go help mitigate against this sort of an outcome. It's not that compliancy concerns or financial concerns, regulatory concerns, uh, reputational brand concerns weren't a driver before, but when you talking about a, an outcome that directly is linked to their mission and their kind of reason for existence. I think that's, that's a great motivator for hospital executive teams and hospital boards to act accordingly.
0: And when it comes to potential impact on patient care, patient outcomes, you know, et cetera, what sort of cyber attacks seem to be the biggest worry? Is it, you know, the, the ransomware attacks that disrupt Access to patient records. You know, often these organizations that are hit with ransomware end up taking their systems offline for you know an extended time. You know, what sort of cyber attacks are the ones that are most concerning when it comes to the patient safety issues?
1: I mean, ransomware attacks for sure are the ones that are most obviously the connection connections most obviously seen, and partly because we've seen a number of noteworthy examples where a hospital has been essentially significantly inhibited from providing you know the patient care or any sort of patient care for for weeks on end so there's been a number of high profile cases here that have been widely reported so when you see those and you see like gosh you have a you have a a parent a patient sorry going through a, an oncology sort of treatment they're about to go embark on a whole you know their whole sort of um, chemo sort of sessions and all of a sudden, not only can they not enter the hospital because the systems are down, they they can't actually have the treatment because no one can recall what the actual dosage is meant to be for chemo. And they can't recall that because they can't get access to the systems. It's hard to transfer them to a different sort of facility because you have to go re either do this from your memory or do it from pen and paper, trying to re, you know, re basically recreate the the patient record. And so you know, you could see the impact and how and how traumatic that will be for for the institution, for the patient, etc. Uh, in this process, so the, the ransomware is for sure the one that's most top of mind, and that connection is is more obvious to see. Um, that being said, I mean your your example a little bit earlier of of supply chain, which we have also seen coming more strongly to the fore in this survey. Um, if all of a sudden you're reliant on a a business associate who's providing sort of key components or key aspects of the patient care process, like bandages and medication, and those are delayed for any reason. And a supply chain attack is one of the reasons they are delayed, That also definitely has an adverse outcome.
0: And so Ryan, you know, based on some of the top findings in the study, are there any sort of top lessons that you see that could either advise healthcare sector entities to take certain steps to better prevent or blunt the impact of cyber attacks on their organizations perhaps steps that either they tend to overlook or maybe don't focus enough on
1: I think for me on that front I mean it's it's recognizing where healthcare is being attacked most frequently. When you go to cybersecurity conferences that focus on healthcare, we hear lots of different vulnerabilities, lots of sort of attack vectors that get discussed. Things like internet of medical things are are those sort of attacks are never, the vulnerability of medical devices generally are never too far removed from our mindset and they shouldn't be. The reality today though, is that almost all attacks occur on people. People are being attacked mostly on email or other sort of messaging sort of platforms. They're being attacked with sophisticated social engineering uh, lures that compel them to interact with the threat actor. And so if, if there's an industry that is constantly faced with resource constraints and technology constraints, I would try to focus my energy and marshal my resources on where that attack vector is most prevalent and it is it is on email it is on on people being attacked and so that's to me the the largest sort of candidate for where the controls need to be layered and need to be more pronounced to, to mitigate against that style of attack as an example, five six seven years ago we were having this discussion we talked about vulnerability of networks and we were talking about a lot of zero day attacks well over the last that that time period networks have been hardened quite significantly. And we don't see those attacks as prevalent as they used to be. not that they should go not that they go away or we shouldn't focus on them. But I'm saying maybe that similar sort of investment in attention now needs to be focused on and protecting people. So we could solve against that and then, you know, we worry about what happens next.
0: I know it's still early in the situation. Are there any issues that healthcare sector entities in the U.S. should be paying closer attention to, you know, based on the turmoil that we're seeing right now in Israel, perhaps a, a surge in phishing or a, other sorts of uh, attacks or threats that healthcare entities really should be focusing more on because of the situation?
1: I think the the big lesson here or the big one thing we should take note of here is how strongly threat actors cyber criminals follow the news cycle so the lures they're sending out on email will be closely aligned to whatever the the news topic is of the day given what's happened over the weekend undoubtedly you'll see a tremendous amount of email traffic referencing this topic and you know Help provide aid, help provide funding, donate to this charity. You know things that, as as often the case with with these sort of lures and these sort of emails, they tug at your emotions, they tug at your heartstrings. They try to get you to get to interact with that email based on something that's hot button topic, and you know whatever is currently in the news is often that hot button topic. So I'd be very aware of that, and I'd also be very aware of they're not. Always wanting you to just enter click this link or download this file, and there's an exploit attached to that, and it's easy. I mean, I, if if life was that easy for cyber criminals, they would they would be they'd be overjoyed. And sometimes those things occur, of course, but more more frequently, they're just trying to befriend the their target, they're trying to have start a conversation with that target. And sometimes Just the most innocuous piece of information is a jigsaw puzzle piece. And that's much larger sort of puzzle that they're trying to put together about that institution, that person, that job function, that department. And so just be on guard for emails that reference what's going on right now and and how they will use lures and emotive language in their in their emails to try to get you to interact with them. So I think that's that's the key takeaway.
0: And finally Ryan going back to the research, what's next for this research? Are, are there certain action items that entities should take or you know what's next in terms of the survey will there be another next year? What can you tell us?
1: The idea is we would we keep doing this survey. Um, we've been trying to push for a long, we at Proofpoint have been trying to push for a long time now, a different sort of thought process about how healthcare should think about cybersecurity. We went through, and you and I have had conversations through what I like to call the meaningful use era, where we were all trying, our institutions were trying to obtain grant funding to roll up the medical record, digitize a medical record. And that that was a time when security was very compliance led. Well, we went through that period and yes, we were compliant, but as we have found out, we're not necessarily secure. So we're trying to change the conversation and make it much more about that correlation and connection to, to patient care. And this is not a peer reviewed study. This is a survey. And so, you know, admittedly we're, we we can not necessarily talk about, you know, causation correlation per se, we do want to, however, make this much more part of the discussion topic. and so we want to keep reinforcing this point time and time again. So we will go co- we will we will come back with this survey uh Ponymon has a long sort of reputation of doing things like cost of the breach study. they've been doing that for 10 plus years now and that's that you know these sort of surveys and this sort of data becomes a significant part of the you know, they're very large, admittedly, cybersecurity sort of threat research landscape, but certainly data points that we all tend to point to and say, hey, how is this industry trending? How are things changing? So we will definitely come back with this study and 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 try to measure and see what's what's going to, how it will evolve going forward.
0: Thanks, Ryan. I've been speaking to Ryan Witt. I'm Marianne Kolbasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for joining us.